I'm Matt Garrow Fisher and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. This episode is about becoming an entrepreneur and actually the process and life in entrepreneurship. I speak with James Selwood Anderson, who's a co-founder of Social Tree Global. He had a similar background to me. He was a conference producer and has built a highly successful business. And I really am fascinated with how he did it. And so I asked questions around what made him decide to go into an entrepreneurship, what, what made him choose the business that he was in and pivot to it. He tried, he tried a few things before he settled on the social media agency. We talk about having a business partner, choosing one, what makes a good one. We talk about values and, and specific values that have helped his business grow around resiliency and adventure. We talk about having a mission in your business and purpose, giving back and the difference that makes. And the struggles actually with balance when you're running a full-time business, having 10 staff and a seven-figure turnover. So it's a real conversation and I hope you enjoy it and I ask a lot of the questions that you might ask if you are looking to become an entrepreneur and make a career change yourself. The full show notes and transcriptions of other interviews are available at burnfromwithin.com forward slash interviews. So listen all the way through and enjoy. On today's show, I have James Soward Anderson who is the co-founder of Social Tree Global, along with his business partner, Max Hanna. They started their business as a project in a bedroom back in 2016, um, and it's now grown to become one of the largest dedicated business-to-business -business social media agencies, working with leading brands like UBS, IBM, and Meltwater. James and Max have also helped educate over 10,000 marketing and communication experts about the latest social media intelligence insights in finance and healthcare. Now, James is a former conference producer. I very much relate to him because I was one too. And his business partner was a previous business development and commercial manager. Both of them ran to Rome together, I believe. And then after that experience, decided to start a business. So, James, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Really excited to, uh, to be here today. Awesome. Yeah, really great to have you on as well. And I'm, I'm so glad to bring you on here, really to talk about the power of having a, a business partner to start a business. How to even start a business in general when yeah. you're thinking about changing jobs, changing careers, essentially. Yeah. I talked earlier about this trip to Rome. What was yeah. it about that trip with your now business partner, Max, that made you realize that you two would be great business partners and actually make that leap into entrepreneurship? I think the, yeah, the experience of the run to Rome was obviously one of a lot of training, a lot of dedication, a lot of time, many, you know, many people who thought we were insane doing that event, many people who, who didn't think we'd do it. And uh, so all those common, all those things were 
very similar to the idea of starting a business. The idea of business has many same characteristics. It's a very long, slow, hard slog. Many people who don't think it will work and it's, you know, difficult. So I think the skills we learned from that, by no means it's not exclusive. There's plenty of people who do sports together who don't make good business partners. I think that it goes beyond just that. I think there's a there's a personality kind of mix which needs to work. I think you have to have complementing um, attributes and similar values. There's, there's sort of many different areas of things that have to work. But yeah, I think that in combination of you know being friends was really helpful. And I think you have to apply many different criterias before you ultimately decide to go into business with someone because it is a big commitment for both parties. A business partnership is difficult to sustain and it's really important to get right. I'm really intrigued about your your current world record holder in kettlebell sports. I looked up your record in the Guinness Book of Records. You've lifted in one hour 12,400 kilos in, in doing kettlebell swing squ- squats, alternating 24 kilo and 16 kilos, the world record holder. And yeah. I think you and uh, your partner, Max, talk about the relationship between the physical fitness world and the lessons that you've learned from that and translating that into starting and growing a successful business. Tell me a little bit about what have been the biggest lessons learned from the physical fitness world and how you've translated that into starting and growing STG. I think the relationship between training and business is is really important. I think there's definitely, particularly when you're younger, I think the first arena in which you can test yourself is sports you're too young to really go out and commercially test yourself in other areas and sport is a, is a way in which you can in, a, in quite a safe environment and obviously as a, a continuing thought of that the idea of physical fitness is really important as well so using your body physical fitness to actually push yourself and understand the limits of your potential now i'm not saying that every single entrepreneur needs to be really fit i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that in the quest to become fitter, you can develop characteristics and skills which will help you if you are an entrepreneur. So I think that's one of the things which see I learned. I mean, particularly the sports which I did, which was much more focused on endurance and it was focused on, on kind of pushing the body in different kinds of sports. So there was kettlebell sports, there was press-up events, there were obviously endurance running events and all these events were really helpful in shaping my values when it comes to business and i think most things are war of attrition i think that whether it's business any other area your your experience or you want to get some kind of proficiency and it requires repeated sustained hard work and that's the same with physical fitness so i I think there's a, a massive bleed over between the two and i think that if you can have relative mastery over your own body and mind i wouldn't say mastery it's ridiculous to have a mastery but a relative acknowledgement and understanding of the, your limits, I think can really help you with when it comes to business. Yeah, I'm really interested about how you actually started your business. And, you know, that when you made a decision with your business partner to say, look, I'm gonna, we're gonna go into business together. What was the kind of journey between that decision to actually starting STG, your agency now? Because I know that you actually pivoted a few times to, to actually work out that was the business that you wanted to do. Can you tell me a little bit about that journey and some of the transitions you had? 
Yeah, so the original idea was we wanted just to start a business. So we didn't have an idea. We just had a desire to start a business. So that was the main thing. We had a desire to start the business. And then from that desire came Social Street Label. So, you know, we originally started off as being a reseller of telephony, which didn't really work. So we, we wanted to start a business. Didn't really matter what in. We just wanted to start something. So I think that was a big thing initially was understanding that the main driver was starting a business. It wasn't necessarily, this is the idea. We weren't wedded to a singular idea, which I think is really helpful. So with that kind of knowledge, we, we just were very agnostic as to what we actually do. So that allowed us to be much more flexible, malleable with ideas. And I think sometimes you can get too wedded to your ideas. And some of the biggest values or things I've learned is that, you know, having a concept based approach to life in terms of thinking about things as concepts rather than having a, you know, sticky idea can be very useful. The concept of entrepreneurship is really, you know, interesting. Your idea might not work, but if you want to be an entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter what the idea is because the the art of entrepreneurship, the skill, the practice of entrepreneurship, it's like being a blacksmith. It's like being a carpenter. You love starting businesses. It doesn't matter what business is, but the, the process of starting a business and running it is what engages me. So I could start a business in anything. Honestly. You could be, I'd be selling, you know, whatever, you name it. They're selling computers, selling phones or selling watches, whatever it is. The art of entrepreneurship is what I enjoy. It's, it's a skill of that. And I feel like that's what a lot of people miss is people want to, people want to, they look at the outcome and think that's what I want to be. So I want to be a, I want to run a e-commerce, e-commerce store without understanding that probably won't work. The idea you initially set out to start probably won't be the idea you end up being. So if you fall in love with the idea, then you're going to feel like you're going to be in a world of pain that doesn't work. But if you fall in love with the concepts and you fall in love with the practice and art of entrepreneurship, then that idea might fail, but you'll still be motivated to continue because you love the hustle, so to speak. You love the, the that entrepreneurship process. I think that's one of the main things we had early on, which was really quite helpful in the early days to you know regulate and you know, understand our, our motivation when we had nothing. Yeah. Where do you think you got this confidence that things were going to work out? Because obviously you shifted from telephony products into starting quite a successful social media agency. Like, how did you know that was going to work and that you, were res- you, you became resilient enough to actually keep going and make it happen, make it uh, successful? Like, where did that inner confidence come from that you kept at it? There's also a luck element to this. We were lucky enough that within nine or 10 months, we managed to start earning an income, a very small income. But if it carried on for another three or four months with no income, we would have failed. There's a massive amount of luck in anything. But you, the thing is, you can't change. You can, there's almost a psychology of luck in that the more opportunities you present yourself, you're more open to, the more lucky you can become. What you can control is your work ethic and your mindset, who you connect with, your attitude, all these things you can control. You can't control your luck, but you can control the amount of opportunities you get to play. And it's like a lottery. You know, it's an unlimited lottery. The more times you play, the more times you might get rewarded. So my motivation came from the fact that we were relatively lucky that within eight or nine months, we managed to find something which started to make us some money. 
but it could have gone either way in the early days for sure. But I suppose the inherent motivation during that eight months of making absolutely nothing, and it was about eight or nine months of zero income, zero, literally no money, was the, was the, yeah, was the dream of being self-employed. It was a massive ambition. It was a massive thing for us to become entrepreneurs. That was, the, for me anyway, the burning motivation. Uh, from day one, when I was in uni, when I was working, the only thing I wanted to do was be an entrepreneur. There was, there was no other job I wanted to do. I wanted to become a, a, a practitioner of entrepreneurship, as if you were learning carpentry, wanting to understand how to be an entrepreneur. And that was my craft, and that's what I wanted to do. That's what carried me through. And there's lots of entrepreneurs, people who like to read about entrepreneurship, and they like to listen to entrepreneurs. They like to dabble in things. But that's absolutely fine. There's no problems in that. And I think everyone's going to have a degree, the way the world's going, I think we're all going to be in the future doing some degree of side hustle. So I think everyone's going to have to some appreciation of what entrepreneurship is. But I think if you want to become a fully fledged entrepreneur, you have to have a desire and love of doing it because that's what ultimately you do it for because the numbers become meaningless. You have success of people who just keep doing business no matter what they do. So I think that's what it is, really. It's the motivation comes from the love and combined with a, with a smattering of luck and right time. Yeah, and I'm still curious about what made you decide on social media agency. I read you, you guys, certainly Max has had a passion for social media for a while. Was there like an element of I'm passionate about this skill and so let's try this as a business or were you looking for hot trending businesses and just going for something that might be on a growth spurt? Uh, I think social media came to us because we were using social media a lot for prospecting. So that's why social media came to us. So it was more of a case of we were doing social media anyway. And we saw that there was this, there was demand for social media, which hadn't been satisfied. So that's where I think the main spark came from. It came from, hang on a minute, people aren't doing this. So we should probably do this. So we actually started generating a lot of demand, a lot of leads from doing this stuff. Yeah, that's how I initially came to be we started doing social media and realizing oh hey minute, this stuff this really works and people aren't using linkedin they're not using twitter I mean, it was mainly linkedin and then from that we doubled down on that process so yeah through doing linkedin early on we realized hang on a minute the mo- maybe the money isn't in selling telephony but selling our services generating demand we the problem wasn't the problem wasn't demand it was the product. So we just solved the demand. That's what we did. Yeah. So it, it was a case of you, you just started, you started a business and then you developed skills. Some of them were your previous experience and then you built on that and, and developed skills in, yeah. in LinkedIn. And then you realized, ah, okay, there, not a lot of people are doing this. Let's wig good Precisely, at it. Yeah. So that it was a kind of recognition of, we are good at this, it works, and also there is not many other people doing it. And that was the spark of creating that entire business, essentially. Yeah, sure. That's spawn. That's exactly right. Now, I I was reading about some of your values in in your business and some of the values that that define uh, Social Tree Global are resiliency and adventure. And, and, And actually, they guide... 
uh, every step of your company. Tell me, how yeah. did you decide to focus on those values and how has that helped your business uh, and also personal lives too? So the idea of resiliency, for me, the analogy I like to use is when you get more resilient, you don't get better at carrying your burdens, you get stronger. So you get stronger. You still carry a burden. The resiliency isn't discarding your burdens. It's being able to carry your burdens. You develop the strength to carry your burdens. You never lose your burdens. You never forget the bad things that happened to you. You carry them through your life. And you don't, your problems don't get, you know, they don't diminish. You just get stronger in delivery and dealing with your problems. And I think that's one of the big analogies. I think resiliency is, is, is incredibly, is thrown around. And I, and I think that one of the issues is you can become resilient through practice, but ultimately resiliency in its base form is something which is only going to be as strong as the support network have around you as well. Becoming resilient means that you have the necessary apparatus to actually cope with difficult things going on so i think resiliency is is, an, is is a difficult thing concept to kind of master but in terms of our own business resiliency is just by putting one foot forward every single day and, and doing the basics every day amounted to a massive change and i think resiliency is that it's being able to do the small daily things every single day and you think this isn't changing but over time you you have change and you know, what are we other than just the state of now anyway? Because people always think about life in terms of key benchmarks, in terms of I can't wait to get this, I can't wait to get that, I can't wait to get this thing. But ultimately, most of your life is just the mundane. It's waking up, it's going outside, it's talking to people, it's eating food, it's going to the toilet, it's sleeping. That is existence all the time. And the outlying moments you think about in life like the big moments they are just little sort of uh, flags in the, in the path of your life the majority of your life 99.9 percent .9 of your life is just existing so you have to find some measure of comfort in your existence because that's it You're gonna whatever you do whatever you become a millionaire whether you become impoverished a world accomplished athlete most of your life is just living it's not what you think, all oh, these are the key sound moments, becoming a champion. That lasts, what, like five minutes? Then you're living again. So I think for us, the idea of resiliency is in, in understanding that the process is really important. It's, it's, it's in fact everything. Uh, we, I always had an ambition that getting to Rome would be this amazing, euphoric thing, and it wasn't really. It was great to get to Rome. What I learned was the process of getting to Rome was the magic that was the essence of everything it was the steps it was the day-to-day -day grind the process in itself was the answer it wasn't the goal and i think resiliency is this admission that life is essentially a, a recurring exercise in in day-to-day -day habits and it's up to you what habits you form but accumulatively, those habits can either help your life or, or, or make your life a lot sadder. So the first thing, the idea of resiliency is understanding that the grind is everything and you should enjoy the grind. If you don't enjoy that, then you're, you really are doing the wrong thing because that's most of your life. And the second one, obviously, adventure is, is, is precisely the idea that the sense of adventure is so important. The sense of adventure means something playful. It's something unknown. It's being experimental. 
with. It's going out beyond the comfort zone. And I think that's really important. You have to have a sense of adventure in the world. You have to try things. And obviously this year of lockdown, it's been really hard to do that. But you can have your own sense of adventure by doing something online. If we're digital, you know, you can have a digital adventure. You can try things on LinkedIn. You can try some new content. The spirit of adventure runs through our veins, regardless of whether we are fixed in terms of our geography or not, because we always try new things. And our idea of business is this sense of, of adventure, the sense of we're going to try some new things. We're not afraid to fail. We're not afraid to do things wrong sometimes because we are resilient and we have a sense of adventure. And I think those two themes together really distill the essence of our business. And I'm, I'm actually curious about if you didn't take this trip to Rome, do you think you would have started your business or, or would you have started it like so soon? Was that the real kind of inspiration that, that gave you the belief that, hey, we have the resilience for this. We've worked out this step by step. We're doing it yeah. step by step and we and we made it work. It was a tough challenge. We did it together. If we can do this, we can make a business. Was that physical challenge like that, uh, a metaphor that changed that actually changed your belief. And if it was, would you encourage other people that aren't sure of themselves to take on a similar challenge? I say we, we did want to change start a business before Run to Rome. It was always talking about starting a business. So we did want to start a business before that. I would say that the idea for other people, again, think very carefully what you want from life. Because particularly now, with the world and lockdowns and, and remote working and a big part of why people wanted to start a business was the idea of freedom. I can work where I want, I can work when I want. Now with technology, that kind of is becoming reality. So I think people should be very careful about, excuse me, wanting to be an entrepreneur. I think it feels, oh, this is something I should do. But what you need to do, you need to dig deeper in that because entrepreneurship is, is like I said, it's a school, it's a practice, it's a discipline. So the art of entrepreneurship is like become a blacksmith. So you might like the look of swords, but you may not necessarily want to make the sword. So you might not, you might not look at the business, but you may hate this process of building a business. The process of, 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 of forging a sword involves a lot of skill, effort, failure, discipline. Growing a business is incredibly hard. It's a life-consuming thing. You have no holidays. You have no really any other focus on starting a business it's consumed your whole life and it doesn't matter if you're married if you're engaged if you're going to have children if you have family whatever it is your business is going to consume a sizable chunk of your conscious day so when you go on this path to grow a business now this is obviously if you want to grow a large business so i'd say if you're looking to grow a business a million pound business or above a million pound business like a, like a large business and you know most businesses in the uk are the average revenue of business is half a million, but most businesses are micro businesses. Ninety, I think, ninety-two percent of all businesses are micro businesses, and they do revenues of I think a hundred to three hundred thousand pounds. And there's a whole army of people who are self-employed contractors. So again, this is the question: like, you want to be an entrepreneur, but let's decode what that means. Do you want to work for yourself? Great. Do you want some freedom? Amazing. Or you could be a contractor and have the entrepreneurship. You have your income, you have your little business, you have this contracted limited company, get your money, go home. No, I want to start a performance business. I want to grow a business. I want to get to, you know, seven million pounds. I want to set a business. Then fine. Very different care to fish that. That's a performance business. That's hiring staff. 
that's scaling a business, that's, that's limiting a company, that's corporation tax, that's all the residual from the business ownership will run. Very different things, very different goals, very different objectives. Again, it's a wide spectrum, this art of entrepreneurship. And I feel like we don't really, saying you want to be, saying you want to be an entrepreneur is not good enough because I'd argue that it, it doesn't help anyone. I, I, I think that's the answer to your question in a roundabout way. Yeah, it's so interesting. A lot of people that are listening to the show, they're thinking about career change and yeah. they've had this itch of, oh, everyone's starting a business now. Maybe I can do that. It will give me freedom. Oh, maybe I could be a millionaire. But what you've just highlighted there is it comes back to your value of resiliency. You really have to, it's painful at some points and you really have to work and it's not uh, a walk in the park by any means. And you need to mentally be prepared for that and know that you're going to enjoy the process. Like you want to be an entrepreneur and you want, because you love the, you actually love the concept of entrepreneurship and actually grinding away and creating something yeah. versus just the dream of, I want to make a million dollars or I want to make, I want to build like a huge company or whatever. It, I think a lot of people focus so much on the goal and they forget about the process. And that's why oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the stats are in terms of business fa business startups failing, but it's I think it's pretty high in the UK, certainly in the US. Something like 60%? But is that about right? I'm not sure. Well, yeah. And, then, and I think you're right. This, like, the process, again, it's everything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you make X amount of money because there's entrepreneurs who are still working even when they're million, multi-millionaires. So that's a myth. You're never going to find. You're never going to find enough money to be satisfied, and because there's always going to be a lifestyle which will meet your income. So if you're going to make a million pounds, okay, so you get a nice house, get a car, you get the nice area, you get a designer clothes. You know, then you're living a life in which you have to make an amount of money, and you need more. You need ten million pounds, and you make ten million pounds, you hang around people who have yachts, and then you go, oh, I need to get a. I need to get a super yacht. I need to be a billionaire. So be very careful about going on that path because there's never enough money in terms of a human greed is limitless. That's the first thing. And secondly is you have to absolutely do have to love the process because that's all we have. There's no, if you think there is a finish line, there's not, I'm afraid. You can take it as a, as a negative or positive but this is it the existence what we have now we wake up every day we think to ourselves we go to the toilet we eat food but the mundane i don't think people talk about the mundane about life that is life so we think about the big marquee moments the social media doesn't help because you get this feed of people posting their marquee moments which is fine great you're signposting your success but the after the reality is you don't know that person is really happy or not they might be really unhappy and you might be really happy and you don't know you because you think that you should be doing something else but maybe you shouldn't you know because ultimately the process is what matters i was going to ask what's your goal in your business now you've got i think 10 10 team members yeah. 10 staff and like revenue wise are you in yeah. the kind of seven figures now almost or over yes yes and we want to our goal is to is to grow to five million pound revenue so we're a million pounds now yeah and then we want to get to five million pounds is the next big step for us so we have yeah, a team of teams be 11 staff and yeah a really great team and the revenue for us again it's a it's a figure the most important thing i said before is waking up and 
having a good team around you, having a good ethos, having a good culture and mission. The money, the, the revenue is always going to change. If when you get to five million, it will be ten million. And relative to honest of you, that's still quite a small business. Okay, I'm not saying most people think about business as Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook. I'm Silicon Valley. Oh, look at me. That's not going to happen. I think most people have got it, got it in them to get to £200,000 business. I think you can get there. I think half a million. I think, you know what? You could probably do it. Half a million is, I think, the cutoff point. I think half a million, then you're going to need a bit of luck. You're going to need a product. You're going to need to really, really understand. And then you're going to need to level up. The gulf between half a million and a million, I think, is a big gulf. I think that's where the cutoff is between I can blag this at half a million to a million pound is you can't blag a million pound revenue per year. So that's the big jump. But yeah, our goal is to, I think, to get to five million pound revenue by 2020, well, 2025, six. And we won't won't get there without a team. And it's not just me, it's Max, it's the rest of the team. And we want a great, a great agency and the team we have now, we want them to be to be part of that growth and to be part of the leadership team and, and go from there. But as we said, going full circle of this conversation, a lot of this is the process, is enjoying the process and, and trying to fall in love with the every day because that's all we have and that's all we're going to ever have. And unless someone shows me otherwise, that's all, we, all we've got. It's a short time on it, so enjoy it enjoy the, the grind if you don't enjoy it then change because life is so short a lot of people on the show talk about passion purpose and balance and yeah. certainly with purpose I, I think your mission is to humanize corporate social media by putting people and their yeah. stories at the heart of their message what's yeah. the importance of setting a mission in your business or life, I guess, as well. And at what point did you set yours and what difference did it make when you had that on paper? Yeah, I think your mission is really important because you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have days where you, where you have terrible days. If you don't have a, a thesis, a, a, a strong framework in which you operate, then when bad things happen to you, you have no way of calibrating that and going, well, hang on a minute, if I zoom out, I'm on the, I'm on the journey to this objective here. So I think having a mission is really important. It doesn't have to be all wishy-washy, but you know, for us, I generally believe that social media is completely changing our interpretation of how brands and brands engage. We think this is a massive transfer of attention away from monolithic brand entities to the people which make the brands. And yeah, I, that's why I wake up generally believing. I, I believe social media is a powerful tool which can be used for bad as we've seen it's well documented you can you have to have an appreciation of mental health considerations but i also think it's a as a tool for great good i think it has a a huge potential for good in the world yeah it's, it's a mixed bag and, and and that's what i feel passionate about and when i'm old and dying i want to look back on my life and say you know what we went some way in in helping to bring a layer of transparency to to these companies which was previously not there yeah. And we talked earlier about the importance of actually just enjoying your day and like the people you work yeah. with versus just chasing money. Because as you said, like when you get to six figures, seven figures, billion yeah. dollar businesses, you, you keep working because you just enjoy it. You enjoy like the environment, and everything you do in your day. You've already started an online academy with a mission to, to give, I think, 10,000 yeah. students 
digital skills they need to compete in the job market. And you're also, I I believe, leading an initiative this year where you aim to educate 100,000 students from Britain's biggest universities on the usefulness and power of LinkedIn. What is it about doing these projects like voluntary projects and giving back this contribution aspect um, that is important for your business, for your culture, and also for you, for your whole kind of purpose and drive in in what you're doing each day. I've always thought life is, there's three phases to life. The first phase of life, you're getting help from zero to 20. So you are, yeah, you're helpless. You need help. The second phase is helping yourself. I think you need to help yourself. You need to be selfish. I think you can be too selfless, which means you can't actually help others because you haven't developed your own skills. You haven't developed the capacity to help. So I think you should be selfish in your 20s and your 30s to some degree and less so in your 40s because you need to get yourself in a position where you are going to be able to will and maximum change. You need to have the clout to be able to help others. It's like the oxygen mask in the plane. If you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself, you die and your whole your kids die. So getting helped, helping yourself, and the third phase of life is helping others. I think that you as a human, I don't think you can live uh, a healthy and unselfish in many ways because I don't think I can be completely happy if I know that I haven't done anything in my short time on earth to help others. I, I feel like you can you can become a very unhappy person pursuing your own self-interested to such a degree that you forget that ultimately the only thing, most important things that are our relationship with other humans, really. Like that's what we're here to be. All businesses dealing with humans. And I'm not a religious person, but it doesn't detract from the fact that I selfishly I, I think that it's important to... Now I'm in my 30s, obviously at the moment these projects are quite small, but I want to start doing them because when I get to the third phase, which is helping others, I'd like to dedicate a lot of my time when I'm older to helping others because that's what it's all about. It's about passing the world on in a place which is slightly better than when you joined it. It's giving people an opportunity, giving people a shot. So I always give people a shot, I try my best. I, I, I'm just curious about how you live with balance or how you get some kind of balance running such a successful business and, and, and having a quite a large team now. And is, have you been able to restore a level of kind of balance to your life so you can focus on other things like your relationships and your health and all that yeah. kind of stuff? Cause I can imagine when you started your business and like you weren't earning any money and then obviously growing your business, it was just all hands on deck. Has that changed? And have you been able to set structures or routines to enable you to actually have a life balance? Yeah, that's a really good point. Again, it goes back to the point around that, you know, this is my life is not balanced because the business is so much part of my life. And it, and it, it, that's just the way it is. We don't earn, you know, our, we're not a business which where we and Max go home, we earn loads of money, everyone else, nothing. Like our income is at parity with some staff because that's just the way like, we, we invest the money in growing the business. So it's, yeah, it's not, it's a slog and we're only a business, you know, we're relatively small and because we, we've been bootstrapping the whole thing. So there is balance. The thing I'd say that I've got a really good supportive fiance who is in a relationship, I think it's really important to have this full circle. Having a contrasting but complementary personality traits, I think, are really important. So 
I think there's a, with my life, I'm very fortunate to have someone who really understands and appreciates how I work and works with me. So yeah, absolutely. I would like to at some point have definitely a more balance. I think at the stage of the business, it can't have that at the moment. But yeah, very thankful to have people around me that support me. But at the same time, you know, people who say, oh, you didn't support me in the beginning. If your idea isn't, if you tell someone an idea and they support you off the bat, then your idea isn't crazy enough, in my opinion. I think people should, your family should say, yo, that's not good. Are you sure you want to do that? That's you should want that reaction and you owe it on your family to prove them wrong. You don't, you shouldn't assume support is given. And I think that's ridiculous. I wouldn't want my family to support me jumping off a cliff. They'd be like, it's a really bad idea mindless support is really bad it's a sycophant you don't want that type of energy you want people to kick back and say I don't think that's a good idea mate I, that's not a hater that's not a hater someone it's not someone who's just looking out and saying yo that's not a good idea I don't think you should start a business that's perfect you it's your job to turn them around it's your job to work hard enough and to, to just prove them wrong but don't think they're a hater for putting that idea off because it is stupid and any idea which is, quite frankly, stupid and crazy is a good idea. That's the idea. Those are the ideas which are really going to change the world. I think there's a bit of people just think that if your family don't support you straight away, then there's some kind of haters. But if your idea is starting to be, a business is inherently a crazy thing. So don't expect that in the early days. Yeah, it is a crazy thing. And like I've... I've started businesses myself and I'm an ex I'm an extroverted person and, and uh, you are as well. And I think your business partner is, you know, working in, in a sales background. What, like, f do you think that this kind of concept of being extrovert, I, I struggled working on my own. I really did like it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I was extroverted and I really like working with a team and bouncing ideas off people. Do you think your partnership and having a business partner was like really helped because, because you were extroverted and what do you think has been the biggest gift from having a partnership in, in business? Like with looking back yeah. in all of the years you've, the last four years, five years, like what's yeah. been that biggest gift from having an actual partner? I think definitely sharing the burden. I think earlier on having someone who's doing the business, I think that's a massive thing. Like having a business partner is super important for that. But also going back to the journey thing, we have with this process, the process of working with someone I really get on with Max, one of my best friends, and we've always got on and seeing his development and him seeing my development and seeing obviously our lifestyle changes. We've got older, Max got married, kids, I'm going to get married. So there's a whole sort of, you can see the mirror of the progress through the other person. Whereas when you're on your own, you don't really see that as much. So I think that's one big thing. And I think, yeah, it's having that. I think, you know, I think uh, moments are, are, are doubled when they're shared. Having a, this is all about life is, and the older I get, I realize it is just about the people around you. And we're all seeking some kind of meaningful engagement with someone else. You know, what is business? We're trying to influence other humans. It's online, but so much about this life is about that. And I think we are in a position where a lot of the, there is a, there is an anxiety at the moment because I feel like we don't really, or we're forgetting what it means to live a good life. And that what you associate with happiness is something which can be attributed very easily. So if you want peace and contentment and happiness, 
that will come very easily. It comes through introspection. You can be peaceful and happy in a packed tube, or you can be peaceful and happy in any situation because happiness is this, it comes in and comes out. And I think another thing I've learned is that my emotions of happiness and sadness, going back to that kind of stock market graphing, they pass through me throughout the day. So I feel sad. I feel happy. I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm not doing any of this. This is, this is some weird external thing. I'm happy and I'm sad. Whatever, some moments I'm really happy in situations where I shouldn't be. And some moments I'm really sad and moments where I should be really happy. So I'm learning now. This is not something I have control over. If I'm hungry, I'm, ha- I'm not happy. So I think the, the point of my business part of it is like the process is so important because that's all that matters, the process. Does having a business partner, does it enrich your day? Or do you wake up going, this person is, I hate fucking working with If they enrich your day and you enjoy and you both have a good relationship, I think it's fantastic. And I think statistically, you're more likely to succeed as well. I think businesses with a business partner are statistically more likely to succeed than those that don't. That's solid advice actually about like really getting on with someone and actually them enriching your day and you enriching their day to make that whole journey much easier. Where can people get in touch with you, find out more about Social Tree Global, James? LinkedIn is the one, uh, James Soda Anderson. I'm always happy to, to connect and learn. And thank you so much, Matt, obviously, for, for inviting me to the show. It's been great. It's really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn's a one-off. You want to follow me on Twitter, Jura James, but yeah. So <laughs> I call like someone that's passionate about what they do, purposeful and, and have yeah. some kind of... Uh, burning desire to to just keep going, like really motivated. I call that to burn from within. And my question I always ask guests is, what's the one thing do you think that's made the biggest difference for you to burn from within? You and your business to to just really have that drive and burning desire to keep going. Good question. I think the idea of adventure, I think that's what makes me burn, this this desire of where are we going next, this this grind, this, this path. I think it's the adventure. I think it's the, the opportunity, the, the tension of more. We'll never reach the end. I'll never reach like perfection. You'll never get there. You'll never reach perfection. The adventure will never finish. But what matters is the process. It's the art of pursuing perfection. It's the art of pursuing adventure. That is the essence of everything. So it's almost falling in love with that and appreciating that's all we have. That's what keeps me going every single day, waking up with a smile on my face and saying, look, I'm here again for more of the same. Bring it on and let's see where life takes me. James Howard Anderson, thank you very much for for an awesome conversation. I really appreciate it. Wow, that was a really interesting perspective into the life of a of an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur that's grown a team and, and, and a seven figure business. To really show there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, and that's fine. But the reality and the sacrifices and the hard work and the actual process and the grind of entrepreneurship and making it work is not to be underestimated. That, that was a big takeaway from that conversation with James and knowing that he wanted to be an entrepreneur for a very long time and that drive to make things and create things whatever it takes that that really came through in this interview and I think if you are looking for a career change right now and want to be an entrepreneur 
I'm not a entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, really take note in terms of the sacrifices that you will have to make. This isn't a task list that's given to you each day, like a nine to five. You make your own task list up. You have to motivate yourself. If things aren't working, you're not making any money, like James and Max didn't in the first nine months of their business. You have to have the resilience and determination and self-belief that you will make things work. And just being exposed to stories like James's is good preparation, I think, for embarking on that journey. And I would encourage you to reach out to James directly through LinkedIn. I'll leave his profile link on the show notes. And any other entrepreneur, actually, by doing informational interviews and really finding out what life is like in their shoes if you want to be an entrepreneur. Theory is one thing. Living that life and the process of it is a very different ball game and you might absolutely love it and might be the right career path for you so i hope you enjoyed that episode any questions please drop me a line matt at burnfromwithin.com with a, a double t don't forget to rate the burn from within podcast at ratethispodcast.com forward slash burn from within until next time live with passion purpose and balance and burn from within <laughs>